Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Bigongo and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. On this week's show, Tom Penny is back on S. But first, Nas Kawakami put together an amazing oral history of the Tilt Mode Army. Compiled from 36 hours of tape, over 19 interviews, it's well worth a read. Patrick, were you a fan of the Tilt Mode Army back in the day? I don't think I was so much of a fan, but I definitely liked the videos. Those videos came out at about a time where I was spending more time being out skating and paying less attention to what videos were coming out, which is unfortunate because there's a ton of great videos from that era that I just do not remember being out. Um, I think it was also about the time that, you know, got my license, was out and about, then I was a freshman and sophomore in college, and oh goodness, you know, too much fun. But it was definitely one of those videos that it brought people together, and here's why. I remember going to a party at my friend Ted's house, and his parents' then house was actually due to be bulldozed due to eminent domain. I think they were doing some construction, and the state had taken it over, or state had taken over the property. And so there was like a bunch of big ragers this one summer where a bunch of folks were home from college and oh my god put on tilt mode man down the jocks liked it the skaters liked it the homies liked it the soundtrack was it definitely reminded me of the napster audio galaxy era where it was like taste who gives a like who gives a shit about taste let's just take a bunch of random songs fill up a cd and just rock to it and i like it and it's actually it's held up skating wise it's on point the fits are forgettable but um i can like Yo, they were popular. If you were into, if you were an enjoy kid at the time, yeah, you were really into tilt mode. Oh yeah, for sure. Jason, what about you? This feels like like there's certainly some serious ledge tech in here, but this this feels like pretty far from world kid um, kind of stuff. Yeah, like I actually didn't see it when it first came out, just because it didn't make its way to my shop or whatever. But once like the internet download craze started with like skate videos on irc and all that shit i was like downloading every video like i was like this is fucking sick like and you mentioned the the music before first of all the fits are pretty good like i like the two t-shirt look with like a yellow t-shirt like over a white one like i still fucking fuck with the two t-shirt style but anyway Mm -hmm. yeah in the in that yeah, yeah in that article i think yeah chris avery said quote and i quote Man down still holds holds up. Music kind of sucks. And like, yeah, I was like, the music is the fucking strong point. Like, fucking the GNR song, Jerry skating to beat it, take on me, miss you. You know what I mean? It might be up there with some of the best music supervision of all time if it didn't have all that punk rock stuff. You know, but that, that that's <laughs> oh, just my wow. That's just that's just my opinion. Anyway, put that on the back burner for now. We can type, we can like argue. That's about a Chernobyl class. take. We, we can argue. We can argue about the clash later or whatever. But yeah, the the spot port in here was sick because it's like the type of shit I like to skate. Like some like, like office complex with the ledge and a manual pad and the loaning dock in the back. That's the type of shit that when I drive around, I wish would be there, but does not appear. And for some reason, it was all in San Jose, Cupertino, or whatever. That's what trips me out about the article. Like they lived in Cupertino, which, as you probably know, is the home of Apple Incorporated. So you can imagine, like, having a skate house, the logistics or the finances would be pretty much impossible now. Yeah, and that way it's kind of like a time capsule of an era. Dude, I don't know if you we know, should jump into this early. That shit blew up. I don't think we should jump into uh, the, the housing stuff quite yet. Yeah, like, <laughs> that is, real, like... Real estate. Templeton, <laughs> I want to know, like, 
how did you feel about tilt mode when this shit dropped i mean most of us were kind of familiar with like paul sharp who was so awesome i can't believe foundation let him go or whatever uh louis barletta tim brosh r.i.p phil shaw r.i.p just like a lot of locals and it just like it was like a nice antidote like did, like how were you feeling like where were you in skating when this video dropped and how did it make you feel I was in college when this came out, so it it felt like very in line with what my life was like, like certainly not to the extreme, but it was like skating, living with a bunch of dudes in a house, going to parties, like that was my life. And then like there was some school in there at some point, but mostly the other stuff. So yeah, it, it felt like super relatable. Also the fact that like those spots, yeah, they're just like weird industrial park like wasteland which was well a lot of what was available to us like there, it's weird that there's just like no city like downtown skating in in any of the videos like i, I kind of scanned through all of them and it was just like whoa yeah it's just all office parks which it, it, it's just like particular to that space i think i mean i don't know there's a lot of like southern california office park skating happening in uh in our history but yeah, True, it, but it was, uh, yeah, this it, is all Silicon right Valley, right though. So it's not. There are people who argue about the geography, like NorCal. They say, like, hey, NorCal is anything north of San Francisco, all the way up to the border with Oregon. Uh, but for the all intents and purposes, like this is, you know, it, it's San Jose. It's all based around the whole NC board shop scene. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it is definitely heavy on office parks. But remember, that's what this was. I mean, Silicon Valley was the home of and remains the home of uh, American technical innovation, uh, specifically around the manufacturing of silicon chips. And a lot of this was like suburbs and office parks and no real downtowns and Panera bread and, you know, people who don't season their food. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's like a big, like, I, that might be all the other reason why it hit so hard, too. It's like, it's ironic hipster enough, so it definitely could appeal to what was coming out of New York at the time. And I'm not talking about skating. I'm talking about in terms of, like, the vice culture, um, the music culture, a lot of the art scene. Like, basically, like, watching dudes walk down Bedford Ave in Brooklyn at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday wearing Spider-Man pajamas. Just like, what the hell is this shit? But, you know, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of like a reaction, especially because where they're at, they, you know dot com but the first dot com bubble had burst in the late 90s early 2000s so that might be it might have been one of the reasons why these folks were able to just do their thing and then also just because the 90s had been so serious and all about authenticity and these were you know gen xers and you know older older millennials being weird like that's what it was and yeah templeton you're definitely right about like this was my college era and it was just like hey let's just get weird let's just get into stupid shit yeah, I definitely got into my fair share of stupid shit. Probably less than most people, actually. But uh, had some good times, not unlike the Tilt Mode army. Jason, do you have a favorite uh, Tilt Mode bit? Yeah, the giant VX is pretty funny. Yeah, it's iconic, I think. I mean, yeah, that a lot... I get. I don't know if you want to include some of the Enjoy ads as Tilt Mode bits. I guess it was, it's from the same brain or brains. But some of the Enjoy ads were, like... The thing about Enjoy, like... They were really trying to be, emulate Rocco, even going so far as to having like that style where it would be like one photo with like some sans serif text. You know what I mean? Like the the Uyghur ad was really funny with like the giant board, yeah, the super the, long board. Yeah, yeah that, that's pretty iconic. So some of that shit was pretty funny. Some of it like doesn't hold up in the modern era. Like what? Yeah, what you, doesn't hold up? 
just stuff like there's a one ad like the Clark Hasser like yeah your sister can hold her breath for a long time can't she or whatever that one right that's pretty like it's kind of Rocco but Rocco like we I don't think he would be that like eighth grade humor type of shit you know what I mean right then there was another ad my friend just showed it to me recently like on some like I can't believe how fucked up this was but there was the um it was like I. Who's the guy with the bowl cut? No one knows how old he is. Louis Barletta. Louis Barletta. Yeah, 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 that guy. That, that guy. There was a. He had an enjoy ad where like he was like holding his finger up to like a mannequin or like a sex doll or something, and the text was like no means yes. It was like oh my god, dude. Right. Like, that's way out of pocket. Like oh, it was problematic then. I just oh, think yeah. that it was it was not part of the. You know, like, you got to remember, like, the cultural context when all this was happening, too. I mean, like, the man show was on television. <laughs> right. The man. <laughs> the man show was on television. Like, so that's bad, how that was. And, like, there was no, there was not, I mean, most of the conversation about consent and sexual assault was, like, really limited to the college campus. So, which makes this even weirder. But, yeah, it, it was, like, it was problematic. And, like, the thing about the Rocco stuff is that it... For the Rocco stuff, it was shock value. The thing about enjoy was like it was like it kind of like was this like hearty har har. We're joking, but maybe actually not. Um, <laughs> which is I think what made it a lot more pointed and in retrospect a lot more difficult to be like this was part of skateboarding. Like you're just like yikes, like big yikes. But I think some some folks have 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 come out and talked about that recently and expressed some element of regret or at least at the very least, some reflection. And there's still definitely, I mean, you know, you just have to jump on the slap message board. There's definitely skating. And I mean, sports in general has a long way to go when it comes to the conversations about consent and sexual assault. But I guess I think the thing about Enjoy was like, it was like firmly entrenched in this sort of like, um, it was like, it was very in line with what was happening with a lot of hipster humor, especially like what you would see at Vice. And at the time, because nobody was really questioning it, like, a lot of shit kind of like a lot of people were allowed to cook, which yeah. in retrospect is like, you're just like, how did this happen? It was like, oh, wait, this was the culture. It was totally normalized. Like I said, the man show was on TV. Yeah, totally different times. It makes me want, like, I feel like tilt mode couldn't exist in the way that it did when it came out in today's like era of social media and like YouTube and stuff like that. It's like, I, f I feel like half those dudes would have been like social media stars or YouTubers. And then like the other half would be like toxic and, uh, Oh yeah. Like they, out of our, uh, of the world. Oh yeah. Like th there's definitely like, there's definitely a lane of, I'm sure that there must be a lane in tilt mode where there's some folks who like borderline Chris Hansen type situations. Like, please take a seat. You're a <laughs> professional skateboarder. Right, <laughs> and then there's there's definitely like there's definitely like the dudes who would who would get canceled. But again, it's like what's really weird is like trying to extrapolate uh, today's social so or socio political discourse into an era where you have to remember like like especially for younger people like the context like the combination of like the late nineties and then the transitions like post nine eleven run up to Iraq War and just like there was this kind of like this sort of like doom and gloom sentiment and i think for a lot of people were just like fuck it let's party and i think that's the other thing is that so much of the stuff somebody had somebody had to have a camera around it all the time right and they were deliberate about it whereas now it's like we all have uh, a high quality hd camera in our you know in our pockets it, you know in the form of our phones so it almost feels like t 
tilt mode probably would never be a video, just be a, a wild Instagram page with occasional crossover to Worldstar, and it wouldn't have hit the same way. Yeah, totally. Oh, wait, before we continue, can I say my favorite bit? I just read it in my notes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My favorite bit, probably in bonus round, I just skimmed that doing the research for this podcast, the uh, Jerry Shoe laptop kid skit where there's some skater kid who's obviously like typing on a message board is obviously a reference to the slap board and he's typing in a really nerdy way like uh oh, i'm really disappointed in the new jerry shoe part blah 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 some some kid already used it the song in the shop video and then jerry comes in smashes the laptop and uh decapitates the the kid with a baseball bat yeah that one's that one's also iconic <laughs> for sure yeah and that, i that was that was really ahead of the curve with the whole internet comment culture that was like 2008 oh yeah, yeah. P- people while and being reckless actually i kind of wanted to run this by y'all do you guys feel like tilt mode served as a pressure release valve from the hyper serious atmosphere in skating that was coming from all the rail skaters plus uh menic Mahdi and this kind of hyper 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 performative and very very dour atmosphere in skating like these videos like hold up because they're fun and there's so much fun that's happening in skating now that's in a similar vein yeah i think it was needed you know we needed an answer to the seriousness and we got it in the form of tilt mode and then later i guess we got it in the form of cky but yeah i I think skating needs both sides of things and you know like if you watch those old pal videos there's there's some like silly zany shit in there it's not all serious Mm-hmm. So it, it has like a, a lineage, I guess. Yeah, they, they mentioned that in the article. I forgot who said it. It might have been Jerry or someone. But he's like, yeah, everything was like zero, like jumping down stuff, like teenage wasteland, super serious. And they were just like, dude, like we're, we're just going to film skating with our friends with some like random well, music spe- that we got off of Napster or whatever. Yeah. Especially for Jerry and for Mark Johnson, because the two of them, I mean, like, Jerry is, you know, he's doing sci-fi fantasy now and he developed a bit of a, you know, side career as a photographer and showing some stuff in, you know, small galleries uh, across the country and and also took some of his work internationally. And Johnson basically just went off the deep end filming for Lakai, filming for chocolate videos. And this is like, this is those guys having fun. This is like an extension of that, was it the Jerry Sue... Uh, rookies, the 411 rookies. I think it's an issue number 20 in the classroom. And he's getting, I don't know, maybe he's getting the lag wagon. He's getting to one of those like California skate punk bands that all sound the same. And they all sound like, oh, I got my girlfriend and my skateboard. It, it like the music <laughs> ruins it, but it's a great joint. But yeah, it's like, it seems like a blip of like real, like genuine happiness. Like you almost feel like you could be having a bad day and these guys would come over with like a 30 rack and be like, come on, bro, we're partying tonight. Ah! Yeah, I could imagine it, it would, if you lived in one of those houses, it could get pretty intense. Like, I imagine that shit was happening all the time, and it might be hard to get some sleep. Oh, yeah, too bad Mike isn't here. He's, a, I think, the only skate house veteran. I lived in a skate house in, in college. Oh, yeah, 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 there you go. I've there done, were, yeah, three, three skaters and one not, non-skater. I've done band houses. Uh, but mostly with relatively clean people, but uh, never a skate house. Actually, question, what is it about like skate and band houses that, especially dudes, never clean the ring in the toilet? Like, do not actually scrub the toilet. And I've seen this in like houses, like skate houses where the, everyone in there is 30 plus. It's like, y'all aren't taking like a single day a week to go and like do a roto of chores and make sure everything's presentable. 
No. No, no. That's no. Why? Everything's like there's piles of cl- there's like cardboard boxes everywhere, like with product and like clothes still in the in the plastic and shit. Mm-hmm. No, like so- chest of drawers. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that's the vibe. But yeah. uh, back to MJ for a second. I think that part it, out of his whole body of work, which is as ex- extensive as any pro skater, like it might not be his best part, but it's definitely his coolest part. You know what I mean? Just like with the song and he's wearing like campuses and like unbuttoned button down shirts and shit. And you can tell he's like having fun. Absolutely. Like, as opposed to fully flared where you can tell he's he's stressing the fuck out like especially if you watch the uh i think it's called behind the flare that they made that like one hour documentary of it like lighting up all those spots and like that one his ender like the whole saga behind that like you know what i mean and like he looks super relaxed and comfortable on his board and shit so yeah in my opinion that's might not be the best quote-unquote mj part but it's definitely the coolest i think yeah when i was watching that i think it was the um What's the second one? Tilt bonus mode. round. Bonus round. Bonus. Yeah, I was watching bonus round, and he's wearing the MJ twos. And I know I had noted in tilt mode, tons of people were wearing the MJ ones. And when I was watching bonus round, and he's wearing the MJ twos, I was like, he's probably just like rich off of shoe royalties. I feel like he was like at the top of his game at that point. So he was like rich and probably like a little relaxed filming this shit and it it like comes through and like yeah, yeah. It, it feels fun and like joyous whereas like yeah the like high part does not does not feel that way no yeah. and man those those mj ones with the m on the side were fucking everywhere wasn't that like, like phelps's? everywhere phelps is like that was like so, the yeah. phelps shoe dude that's Believe like so, probably yeah. one of my favorite uh skate shoes ever Had the mj2s were, mj2s were like a little more technical looking right yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. not as good as the MJ one. It's weird. Like you watch this video, like it really feels like a time capsule. It's such a radically different time in skating. And and what's weird is like like the whole was the Room Twenty One section with all the creature guys and how well that all works together. Like you'd have like the kind of jokey enjoy Louis Barletta, Mark Johnson, Jerry Sue, and then you have basically dudes who have at, at least four misfit shirts in rotation and who do smith grinds and never stop doing slappies and unironically do wall rides also i love the wall there's like a whole dedicated wall ride section in there and this is like and it's not east coast wall rides where it's just like you look cool it's just like it's almost it's kind of jokey and i i really like that part but yeah i i unlike jason i liked the room 21 section yeah, it was cool that it's like it just shows the range of like friends, you know, and it, I feel like in any scene, it's not segregated, like how it feels in the videos, you know, it's like, yeah, you're all end up at the same spot and you're all kind of homies or like, at least you're friendly and, you know, their filmer might film your trick or whatever. And yeah, it's all good. Yeah. And yeah, wasn't this all centered around uh, like NC board shop? Yeah, I think NC board shop kind of helped fund the original tilt mode video. Mm. And do either of you remember Edward Sebastian clothing? I do. Yeah, I definitely was, remember the name. It was like a precursor to drawers or like out of the drawers camp or something, if I recall it correctly. Like Mark Johnson rode for them. He was also in 411 issue 20. He had the closer. He had the profile skating to Stereolabs ping pong. And he talked oh, yeah. about like Edward Sebastian clothing. And it was kind of like that sort of 
preppy, like, hey, I ride for stereo kind of look. Because I love I love Mark Johnson with some khakis and a white tee. That's my favorite. Like Seven Steps to Heaven, and then this. Like he looks so cool. It, like it 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 worked so well. Man, how come Grishad Mosley is not in there? Yeah, that's pretty weird. I I wonder if maybe is he a San Jose dude? I thought he like he rolled with a lot of these cats or like but then again this might have been the, the period where he was living in Boise. Hmm. I think see I'm not sure if he's from LA or He is, yeah. I think he's from South yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's either from Long Beach or somewhere down South LA. Cause I went to went to a blind demo around that. Actually it might have been two thousand and it was like Gershon, Ronnie Krieger, some other people. So he might have been like just working out of LA. I have no idea. But then there's like also, yeah, like there's like I think there's one other black dude in this video, and he just named Blackass. <laughs> Another thing you could not bring from 2001 into yeah. 2021. <laughs> oh, what's that dude who skates at the at the Vans Park? Uh, I don't know. Just to put Blackass in the titles. Well, the Vans Park montage was all uh, aliases. There's ah. like Cotolingus Cannon Cock, Cannon Cock <laughs> or something, and uh, Chauncey Peppertooth. Yeah, but black ass, come on. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, not. <laughs> they probably could <laughs> thought a little harder and come up with something different, a little bit more tasteful. Yeah, but like again, like it, it is, it is a video that is very much. I mean, it's very much of its time, and I don't know. Are, are we are we at a point where we could we could rap about like the housing situation because I think that's a big part of this. Yeah, let's do it. Because, um, you know, in the oral history, they talk about this place called Sixth Street Mansion and Pink House. And if you've ever lived in a place where people used to rent group houses, band houses, row houses, whatever, place would get a name. Like in D.C., there was one house called Fort Awesome. There was another one called Party House, Party House 2. This is from like 2007 to about 2014. And these guys had Sixth Street Mansion and Pink House. And I really got like, I kind of fell down this real estate rabbit hole thinking about it like, these guys probably were able to move into houses in San Jose and Cupertino for like no money. And so like, if you really think about it, this video is actually a full on time capsule and kind of hints at the fact that you'll never get anything like this again. Cause like the average rent in Cupertino in 2021, 2,900 for a one bedroom. The median home price in Silicon Valley, 1.2 million. Single family home in LA, 650K. Orange County, 1.1 million. San Francisco, median home price, 1.3 million. Dog, the, the Reader's Digest of what I'm trying to say is that you might not be able to have these kinds of wild times with skate houses in the way that you used to just because the value of the property and the businesses that are centered in Cupertino and San Jose, like you can't just have like a bunch of kids who are in college or skating or just partying and doing whatever, working whatever jobs, eking out a living, you know, paying nothing in rent. Yeah, I always wonder that with like the GX one thousand guys. Like, how do those guys? How are those guys able to live in San Francisco? It's a big city, man. You can you can find anything in a big city. It's just like like how much are you willing to tolerate? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like SF. Like if you watch any video from the from the nineties or even like the early two thousands, like it might as well be a different city. Yep. You know what I mean? It kind of had like a semi dirty like New York vibe, and like from what I've seen, like it's fucking totally different. You know. Still got the dirt vibe. It's just yeah, still really expensive. It's really expensive. And like, yeah, I'm giving, um, you know, the, the price of, a, you know, purchasing a single family home, but that's going to be reflective in some of the rents. And I really don't think that landlords, like, who do you want to rent to in Cupertino? Um, a bunch of quiet software engineers who play video games when they're off, you know, off work or, you know, maybe they do takeout or they go to some bar 
or basically like you saw this video these guys were wilding and they really they went into it in the um in the oral history like like they party these houses were probably thrash yeah they're not getting the deposit back that's for sure <laughs> i don't think they care yeah yeah you gotta just know that that's you know charged to the game yeah matter of fact and i think in the article they say that one of them houses they demolished it after everyone moved out yeah they did say that yeah, y'all ever go to a demolition party where um, <laughs> the house is about to be, you know, the house is going to be foreclosed or the house is going to be demolished, whatever, and, you know, people invite you over. It's like, yeah, come through. We're just going to be, like, smashing up the toilet and things. No, that sounds amazing, though. It sounds so fun. <laughs> You'd think, but uh, there was a warehouse that one of my bands used to rent in D.C. called Goldleaf, and you can't, like, dog, like, combination of, like, alcohol plus whatever people are on, like, that's actually super dangerous. That's how, like, someone, like, ends up uh, breaking their hand yeah, with for a sledgehammer. Sure. Like a, yeah, sledgehammer swinging around. You know? You take them to the ER. It's like, what happened? Were you on a construction site? No. Destruction site. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, along, along, along those lines, here's a question. Do y'all think that these types of antics have a place in the culture now? You know what I mean? In videos and that type of thing? In skate videos or in the culture yeah. at large? In skate videos. I feel like it's tired. Micro It's so tired. Yeah. Like party footage. To me, like, I, and like, you know, for context, like, I've never been a partier, you know? Like, I don't drink, yeah, I don't yeah. smoke weed or anything. So, like, to me, it just is, like, very tired. What about you guys? Yeah, same. Plus, you know, just like, it, in context, like, thinking about what happened to MJ you know what I mean? How his, you know, life and career kind of unfolded and like a bunch of stuff that's happened over the past 20 years, like, you know, Keenan and shit, you know what I mean? Recipes. But like, I don't know. It seems like that type of lifestyle can get pretty dark pretty quick, you know, but that's just from my experience and, you know, my prior knowledge and stuff, you know, what I was thinking about. Yeah. You know, I think it's also like, you know, for all of us, like with age comes wisdom. You yeah, know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to go back to New York last week for the first time since December of 2019. Caught up with a buddy of mine who was a bartender in the East Village. And we had a really frank talk about this. And he said, yeah, man, like at one, you know, at a certain point you have to ask yourself, like, is it really worth that? You know, is that next party really worth it? And, you know, he was just speaking from his own experience just about how dark things got last year. Bars closed, stuck at home. Yeah, you're drunk on employment, but, you know, you're barely... You're barely able to pay your bills. Savings are being drawn down. Constantly worried. You know, five boroughs were a total mess. Yeah, but like as for like the party footage, I feel like people will always find a way to sneak it in. And especially for younger for younger cats, I think I think they get they get hyped on it. But yeah, like uh, dog, good good point. Bring up Mark Johnson because you know the way he looks back and talks about you know the the more difficult years in his career. You just feel like, oh, it's awful. And even in this, like um, one of the one of the folks was, you know, one of the guys who was working on the video, he said, you know, like I couldn't even log footage because like <laughs> somebody would be like coming in and like people are trying to like make out with me or you know somebody's like dressing up in costumes at three four o'clock in the morning and that is so fun when you are twenty two twenty three but when you're twenty seven and you are trying to be functional or whatever it is that you're doing outside of skateboarding or whatever it is that you do creatively yeah it's intolerable and like if you're 30 plus oh my god like somebody yeah, like somebody like at that point <laughs> dude if i'm living in like a if i'm living in a group house 
and somebody comes in my room like playing a trumpet at 4 30 in the morning oh my god they get knocked out <laughs> i don't care i don't care if we're boys i'm like you like you see what i mean like and it changes like like straight up like i think we're all at that age where we really need our beauty sleep and when you're 22 oh, yeah doesn't matter and it's like jack in the box at 5 30 why not yeah let's do it <laughs> but um i don't know I, um especially because skating is skating has gotten much cleaner and people are into healthy living i think that there might be a new lane for party footage because there's so many pro skaters they don't drink they don't smoke they don't party they drink smoothies they train for their parts. They're really, really serious, which is actually awesome because, yeah, like they're delivering some amazing stuff. But I think there's always going to be there's always going to be those cats who want to while out. They want to see something in skateboard that makes them want to like go get like two tall cans, crush them, go out, get a bunch of thirty racks, and throw a wild party. And I don't know, listen to Venom or something like that. Yeah, I mean, people are always going to party, and that's always going to be part of skateboarding for sure. I just like. For me, it just feels really tired and really, like, we've seen it before. And, like, yeah, to me, just not relatable. But I know for oh, yeah. plenty of others it is. And also, I think it's, it's like, a very reliable marketing move. Oh, yeah. And, like, the, the, the kind of, like, um, almost gives you PTSD when you see those guys, like, shirtless on the floor in the bathroom, like, hugging the toilet. Oh, yeah. Right? Just like, Ab- oh, my absolutely. God. <laughs> like, the infamous, like, the infamous tour video where they're just, like, destroying shit. Nah, not fun. They yeah. from this toilet. But uh, no, well, well, here's the thing. You know, trends go in like 20-year cycles, right? So right now it's like the 90s revival or whatever the fuck. So the backlash of which you just spoke is going to be like, yeah, let's bring back like the piss drunks or whatever, you know, like like jump drinking, jumping down stuff, trying to live like Axl Rose or whatever. So <laughs> Who knows? sorry. No, that, that that's what they did. They're. You know what I mean? That was what that vibe was like. Well, we're gonna try to live like Guns and Roses did, like before they got signed, and skate all the time and- <laughs> in Huntington Beach, <laughs> like yeah, or, or wherever. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they, then they moved to Hollywood. But just like, just think about the fact that the piss drunk started in Huntington Beach, like the, the one of the squarest places in California. Yeah, I mean the whole thing was a little corny, but it's, it's, it. you're right. It's it's probably gonna be back. And it's going to be real weird. And like, God, so many of those guys' stories ended up as real tragedies. Yeah. But great marketing, <laughs> you know, like tried and true. Speaking of great marketing and uh, drugs and how they affect people, uh, <laughs> on Wednesday morning, S blessed us with a 58-second welcome video for Tom Penny featuring actual skating. Jason, how do you feel about this move? Listen, uh, Tom Penny and I are almost exactly the same age, probably within a few months. Was a big S guy. Like, I got the first Sal's when they came out, when the brand first started. I got, like, the first Chad Muskas. Got the Ronnie Kriegers. Pretty much before I started running DCs, I was, like, all S. But, yeah, this is pretty cool. Like, in a way, it's kind of like a demographic power move. Like, if you think about it, the people who grew up watching sorry and really sorry and manic money they're like getting well let's say let's say you were 12 when sorry came out that was like around 2002 so you're getting to be like 32 33 like those types of people are getting into their mid-30s their prime earning years when they're gonna have more and more discretionary income so 
maybe that's where Don Brown is coming from with this. Tom Penny was in that one Louis Vuitton skate shoe ad like a few months ago. Don't know what happened with that, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I've said it, chap- you know, I've recited chapter and verse on this podcast again and again. If S just made faithful reissues of the shoes that people really fuck with, like your style 23s, your costumes, don't know what the legal situation is with the costumes, but I'm sure like they could work something out or whatever, you know, that's what lawyers are for. Then people would fuck with them, but they keep making like either like slim down versions that are weird, like the Sal and the mid top Sal versions that they came out with were horrible, or they keep reissuing like third tier, like 2000 shoes that no one liked in the first place, like the Scirocco or whatever, like the Vandal, like, you know, just weird names, shoes that people don't really fuck with or the shoes that they have now are like, they look like space shoes are all silver. There is one shoe that kind of looks like a costume that they have now. I think I saw TJ Rogers wearing it with like the three stripes on the side, but yeah, not sure if this is going to make people care about as again, but if they do some reissues, then, you know, who knows? It's just like a continuation of S mining their um, archive and not really um, moving forward. Patrick, how do you see this move for, for Penny? I think it's great for Penny. I think for S, Soltech is starting to remind me of uh, Dame Dash. <laughs> and the timeline is about uh, matches up almost perfectly, too, because you really have to wonder, like, how on earth was this dude able to keep the rock together? And it's on the same tip... How was Soltec able to manage this type of success? Because like looking at the way things are going now, it's like a big question mark. I mean, yes, they're still selling shoes. They're still in business. It's their 35th year. God bless them. You know, they have the, they, their place in skateboarding shoe history is absolutely cemented. First pro shoe, the Nottis joint. But I don't know. Like Penny, Penny's a nomad. He's a wanderer. He is going to land on his feet no matter where he ends up in skating. And honestly, it would feel weird seeing him in some Nikes because you know for a fact that he'd just be wild contrarian and just like do a whole ad or do a video part in Adidas's and who's going to say anything to him? Because we know Nike doesn't play like that. So like where else is he going to go? Like S, I think, allowed him to cook like that. You remember like the, um, the Sunil Shah clip in Medic Mahdi where he's skating the DC Clockers? Come on, that was legendary right there. But yeah, like, has he been back to the States since he dipped? Man, I don't know. Yeah, don't think so. Um, anytime I've seen some recent or semi-recent footage has been in France or like in this little clip or somewhere in Europe. But mm-hmm. the thing about Tom Penny is like his brand, like his personal brand is probably stronger than ever just on account of instagram like there are all those tribute accounts like cult of tom or you know whatever there's probably like five to ten of them and like anytime someone posts some new old like tom penny footage or even a photo like people go apeshit they like freak out you know like just on just on account of that it, it seems like his legend is you know i mean stronger than ever the dude has been a legend for 20 years like think marinate yeah. on that i mean he had such a monumental impact on skateboarding when he came on the scene. Any skater who is over 35 who starts talking about Tom Penny, like you immediately go into like Obi-Wan mode. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, you've got the cape, you know, you with the hood and, the, you know, you've got the staff and just like he was the great one. They called him Tom. <laughs> but also, I think the other thing, the other thing that has allowed him to have such a long and interesting career is that he's also like a quintessential 
English eccentric. We're not really sure what makes him tick, and he's kind of aloof and seemingly quite reserved. I mean, he, the dude doesn't do kind of. Do, yeah, he's like <laughs> he's he, he, he's like way aloof. <laughs> but like, look at like in so much of skating is extremely online. Even this podcast, extremely online. Tom Penny above the clouds. He is like on another plane and. Especially in a world in which you really need to be plugged in and connected to everybody at all times. He's above it. He's just above it. It's pretty wild that he's been able to make a career of that. You know, like, I don't, I don't think there's anybody in skating who's made more from less, you know, as far as his output. You know, like, on a pure, like, minutes of footage scale, you know, like, he is not a, a very productive skater, but he's, he's, uh... I think monetarily very productive for uh, for Flip at least with that Cheech and Chong graphic. Somebody's got to get us the numbers on that. Like I want to know how many boards he sold. Like that and the mushrooms. Oh yeah, I was gonna bring up the mushroom graphic. He he still has a board on Flip, right? Like they're still making one, if not on both of those, right? They're mm-hmm. still. I checked the website this morning. They're oh, still nice. making the Cheech and Chong graphic. Yeah. They have another mushroom graphic, not the classic one, but like a new version. So I, I think the the Tom Penny drug brand is strong, uh, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about on the tilt mode topic, you know, like drugs, drugs are a good uh, marketing tool for sure. But it's like, on one hand, you know, he's smoking weed, chilling with like a ice cold lager or a pilsner and smoking endless spliffs. So like, he's definitely like on that like super fried tip. I don't know, like, you know, maybe there's something about that that is more acceptable than, I don't know, slamming beers until you get liver damage or, you know, you, your eyes are bleeding. Yeah, I think with, like, with that kind of stuff, like, I think to me, alcohol feels a little jockish where, like, you're drinking for others, kind of, or, like, to hang out. Whereas, like, if you're, like, doing acid or smoking weed, it's more like a um, solitary kind of thing. That That's, like, my perspective as someone who's, like, has no personal experience with it well like i i think if you're a full-blown alcoholic it's impossible to skate pretty much period but like 100 percent in your like 40s like, oh no it's yeah like it fucks with your reflexes like if you're hungover all the time like it's impossible like all all these guys like that that are still putting shit out like Abe and all those guys they're all sober you know what i mean andrew Reynolds, blah 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 you know I think if you smoke weed, it's uh, definitely easier on your body than drinking like a bottle, like a fifth of vodka every night. True, but then like yeah. skating's whole thing is like it's um, it's really about the functionality. It's about like basically like tilt mode, like maybe like dialing it back a little bit, but like still partying. Yeah, the party will never stop. Yeah, it, it's like it, it, it's you know it's obviously different for everybody, and and it's not for everybody. And I don't know, it, it's. Skating is really, really weird. Like, um, you know, other sports, other sports, you know, there's such a strong prohibition on any kind of controlled substances that for them it's just like pretty much just like, I mean, I don't know who's poor professional athletes who still smoke cigarettes, but certainly a lot of them still drink and still hang out. And, you know, with weed becoming more legal, they smoke weed. But I don't know. It, it, it's skating is skating is on its own on this tip. Yeah, I think so. For sure. Or maybe golf. I don't know anything about golf. Uh, I mean, off golfers definitely off the drink pitch, uh, stuff. Golfers definitely drink, and I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously, Tiger Woods has had his struggles, but 
I don't know, but like I guess that's more of like because golf is like such a old boys club. It's kind of like it's like ha ha hardy har. Let's uh, you know go back to the uh, clubhouse and have a little fun. Right. But um, but like back to Penny. Like what else is it? What else is it about him? Like what? Like what? What's the secret sauce? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people like a lot of long time heavy hitters who have been cut over the last few years. Cut from Nike. Cut from Adidas. Cut from longtime clothing sponsors. Eventually, shrug their shoulders and says, "I guess I should get a job." You know what I'm saying? Like, Penny is that still out here, like traveling the world, skateboarding, you know, wearing baggy pants. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's like Big Baggy is like uh, secretly funding him. <laughs> I think that maybe he he's like one of like I can't even really think of another like legend from his era. You know, like, Gino is somebody, or, like, Guy Mariano, those guys are earlier, but, you know, Tom Penny is kind of off on his own in that in his era, because I, I think a lot of the people, the, like, legends from that era never really went away, or, like, are still kind of in it in a way that Tom Penny isn't. Does that make sense? How so? Wait, dig deeper on that. I'm thinking about, like, Costin is, is you'd say, is a contemporary, and... He, like, never really went away. He certainly, like, changed his uh, perspective on skating or his um, way of going about things. But he's just always kind of been around, whereas Tom has always, like... Like, his legendary status has... Fuck, I, I don't know, I might even cut all this shit. Because it it's not making sense out loud. No, no, no. It, it's, it is making no. sense. Don't cut it. Because also, here's the thing. Tom was always dead serious with the skating. Costin was always threatening to be jokey. From day one, and now look where he's at. Probably the closest analog to Tom Penny is Mark Gonzalez. Like when Mark Gonzalez came out, like he was doing shit that was like light years ahead, like seven years pretty much ahead of the curve. And it like fucking Pete, fucking him and not us pretty much like changed everything. And when Tom Penny came out, no one was cashing kickflips and frontside flips like that. Nobody. And they were like flipping shit downwards. No one was catching shit on the way up like that. Right. And like looking as proper as he did and whatnot. I feel and, like a, yeah. another person who's kind of on that t- trajectory is PJ Ladd. You know, like he came out with a, you know, oh, yeah. the PJ Ladd wonderful, horrible life part it is still unbeatable. You know, like he can't top that. And. You know, I mean, what's that do to your psyche to know that your first your first output is unbeatable? Oh, it's probably incredibly destructive. <laughs> yeah, and I you think know, that, that there might be some of that with Tom Penny. You know, like uh, I was watching the Menic Mahdi part today, and Jeff Rowley's talking about how like Tom didn't really like the attention, didn't really like the fans, and just decided to bounce. Like, especially like in a pre-internet era, and he was living in Huntington Beach. I guess it was him and Muska, and living in like a relatively small bubble. Like it really must have been getting to him. It's not like he was living in a a big city like L.A. or New York where he could get, just get lost. Yeah, sometimes shit like that happens. Like people just bounce. Like Matt Hensley just went to Chicago and like worked at a sandwich shop or something for a while. Yeah, then he was an EMT, and then yeah, yeah. Or even Mark Gonzalez, like, quit blind to be an artist or whatever, and he moved to France, and he'd be in New York and all over the place. So, yeah, like, when you're in your early 20s and, like, you have all that attention and people, like, clamoring for you wherever you go, like, 
like a Hensley or a Mark and Toss or whatever. I don't know. It's crazy. You can probably uh, fuck with your head. Yeah. yeah like, at, and like, I don't know, like, um, you know, we have we like, can't, like, can't speculate. Dude is a black box, like for real, for real. I don't know. Like maybe like staying stoned is like a way to kind of tune some of that out because it's an, it's an incredible amount of noise. And like, think about it. He's a young dude. He was a young dude in a foreign country. Yeah, that's got to add to the to the anxiety. With high and also like from what we heard from like the Bastion interview uh, from Free Skate magazine about the culture at Flip being very very regimented and quite serious. They probably had the same program ready for Penny. They said, "Hey, look, we've got you a house or we've got you an apartment. We have all this stuff lined up for you. You're going to be filming these parts. We've taken care of your travel. We set up your bank accounts, everything like that." And I think I would be. And especially like if you watch his, his run at Radlands in '95, and you see like he blew the competition away, and like people were skating good. Ed Templeton was actually pretty good in that competition. Yeah, it's in the Europe '95 video. Penny was on some other level shit. The fit, amazing. The skating, phenomenal. And that park looks very hard to skate. So yeah, it, he might have. It might have been like a freakout, and like that's a thing that happens in your twenties. You know, a sudden reaction to a certain amount of attention or or professional pressure or demands i mean would we be so freaked like maybe you was having like a don draper moment right <laughs> right like he's just like a full-blown existential crisis or something like that it's like i, gotta I don't, go I don't get ashram. it i never watched that show <laughs> oh like there's like uh like towards the end of uh mad men he goes to an ashram and in california and meditates and comes up with that stupid uh i'd like to teach the world to sing coca-cola ad oh yeah i saw that one i saw yeah, the yeah. last one yeah 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 but like Think about that, you know, Don Draper, high flying, you know, can do no wrong, but it, his personal life is like crazy and, you know, there's a lot going on upstairs and obviously all of his uh, stolen identity drama. Um, Thomas yeah, like, Stephen Lewis Penny did not steal Stephen anybody's idea, uh, excuse me, did not steal anybody's identity, but dog, like he was being, tre- he was being, he was being talked about like the second coming. Imagine if that there had been an internet, um, social media at the time. There was internet, just no social media. Well, yeah, Probably like uh, anyone, if you read accounts of people who saw him skate during that time, they were like, yeah, he was like the best, best ever, you know, pretty much like to a man. But like we we're talking about other athletes before, like people who are super good at say like basketball, they get a lot of attention from the time they're like six. You know what I mean? Like they're an AAU then they get a shit ton of attention in high school, you know what I mean? Playing in front of huge ass crowds or like McDonald's all American. So by the time they like, if you're like a Kevin Durant type of guy, by the time you get to the NBA, you've had a lot of practice dealing with, you know, fame and the media and all that shit. You know what I mean? With skating, there's none of that. There's no infrastructure like that. I feel like now it's probably less of a shock, you know, cause yeah, you probably yeah. just like build up a little following on Instagram and, you know, it just kind of like builds organically and then you'll get get the bump from from sponsors or media that'll, you know, send you um, send your numbers way up. I guess yeah, so. for sure. Social media. Yeah, definitely change that a lot. Sure. But, uh, but back to S. Yes. What's what's the long game here? What's the long game here for Soltech bringing back Penny? And could Penny have a could Penny have found a home at another shoe company, whether it's core or a big corporation? And is there going to be a way for S? to write the ship and really start attracting, I don't know, like, is there, like, is, is, is there a possibility from attracting legacy set talent? Are they going to be selling shoes? I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like there's not a better place for Tom Penny. I don't think that Adidas and Nike are looking 
for any like legacy pros. I think they're more interested in who's hot now. And as far as the S team goes, it, it's it seems weird. Like it just seems like a team that doesn't make any sense and isn't necessarily a team that I'd want to be a part of. Other than like Wade who all, who all is on the who uh, all is on the team? Let's see. It's like Tom Asta, Schmatty, um, a McClung, uh, maybe not. I didn't look Schmatty. at the S website today. Some guy I never heard of called Marcus Shaw. Wade, freaking Wade. Like, if I was them, I would be just marketing the fuck out of Wade because he's probably got the most juice out of any amongst like quote unquote core skaters. Like out of all these guys, like. I always see as whack or whatever, but whenever I see Wade skating, so I'm like some Excels with like a black sole or something. I'm like, damn, those are clean as fuck. True. I mean, you know? like, but is is Wade? I mean, dog, it's you know, it's NBA playoffs. Is Wade D a franchise player? Can he take them to the promised land? I don't. Yeah, I don't he, know that he, Wade D more, has. Yeah, like I don't know that much. He's more like an underground legend type of guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't think he does numbers like. Um, no, nah, he doesn't do crazy numbers. Others. Jason, that's not that's not his vibe. Yes. Jason, you are a wealth of throwback knowledge. I'm gonna lean on you heavy on this one uh, because I know you're gonna be able to put it in context in a way that's easy for the world to understand. What is the point of no return for a skate shoe company before you hit Airwalk status? And is S on that road? Well, at least they haven't started selling like at the mall or in ross or marshall's or anything like that like they're still you know what i mean skate shops blah 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 but yeah i don't think don brown probably saw that and was like all that shit go down he was like dude i don't want to go out like airwalk so i don't know tom asta like fucking ripper insane but uh had do you need i think tom asta needs like an image makeover or something yeah because for, for how hard he rips, like, he should get, theoretically, more, you know what I mean, more spotlight. Yeah, he's, like, great contest skater, like, consistently places in contests. He's really good. Like, I don't know. Like, but then here's the thing, though. Like, should it all be, should it be all be sponsorship dependent? What, what do you mean? Is, is it just because he's on S? Would, would Tom Asta stand out on a Vans or a Nike, Adidas? uh last resort proper estate like where else where else could he go oh no he's fine i think s is a good fit for him he just needs to like a, a, a fashion makeover like start wearing different clothes oh i thought you like maybe you were talking like a full like lifestyle like this guy needs to, guy to drive a different car he needs to like listen to some different music like he he needs to, like Whole like real like a makeover makeover whole deal. Oh no, just like you know what I mean. Wear like a button down or something sometime. Like not wear a beanie sometime. Like I, I think I saw some footage of him at the Princeton, like the Princeton Fountain, and he mm-hmm. wasn't wearing a beanie and he was r- ripping. I was like, this is like a revelation. You know what I mean? It's like a totally. <laughs> I feel like this guy looks cool as shit. He's a skate rat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a skate rat. That, that's his. That's his lane, I guess. I feel like he could move to LA and get on girl and it would be like, he'd be like a whole new skater. I don't know, dude. Santa Cruz seems pretty uh, stable. Yeah. Oh, like, totally. Keep it funky. If we're, if we're talking uh, <laughs> image makeover, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, true, like, yeah, yeah. he could fit on girl and that would up his status. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that might could work. Okay. Okay. Like, are we talking like a, like a move to like when, when Mello went to the trailblazers and like, kind of fit in really nicely and he like he drinks wine and like 
Portland works well on him. I'll have to take we, your word for it, for it on that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, is it, is is it is it kind of like that? But like, but like like Jason, like you said, like Santa Cruz is like it's stable. It's good. Like he stable, like, good money. You yeah, know, like he, he was like what? Who he skate for? Santa Cruz, S, Richter, Bronson, like like skate companies. Like he he's a he's a skateboarder, and like it's almost like in the tilt mode era, he would have been a god. Yeah. He would definitely be someone like, yo, secret part in tilt mode. And it would have been like, yo, who's Tom Asta? But yeah. Also, maybe it's just like the beanie. Like he needs some new, like, yo, variety. I mean, he he came into the spotlight riding for mystery and kind of like uh, under, the, under the wing of Chris Cole. So maybe that's mm-hmm. kind of like tarnished his image a little bit. Because I feel like he's not quite like a Chris Cole, like rock and roller. And mm-hmm. he was kind of a perfect fit for Mystery, and then Mystery just kind of like fizzled, and then he ended up on Santa Cruz. Yeah, I th- I think for Ez to make a comeback, they need to get some like someone like a uh, who's like in their prime right now on the team. Like uh, only person that comes to mind right now is like Cater, but you know what I mean. Someone like that, they need to poach. Some- no, here's the thing: they need to poach someone off of Nike or Adidas. Oh, that the ultimate like okay, you're right. Like the kind of thing that makes you be like, oh, remember like there's that that was like uh, it's that motorcycle movie. It's the beginning of the Beatles anthology. It's like there you are, Johnny. There's the Johnny I remember. We all missed you, Johnny. All the Beatles missed you. Like something to remind you, like okay, like S can still do it. S still got the juice. Like, but who on Nike or Adidas? But then again, they've let both companies have let so many people go. Like, you could probably find someone who's just like, I was like, hey, you getting boxes? You trying to get a check? Come through. Yeah, I feel like if if they could have gotten Zion on when he left Nike and it didn't, like, if they got Zion now, it would just be late. You know, it'd just be like, oh, he's, like, available. But if, if they got him, like, just went from Nike to S, it would look like S made a power move. Power move. Yeah, it would, you know, it would switch up, like, amongst, you know, escape gossip folk it would like i i think people people would stand up and take notice they'd be like oh okay i see you i see you right it would be like yo s is like doing shit and then that creates a domino effect well first of all it would be like s you know because isn't zion is going to the olympics isn't he i believe so i, I believe so seen the latest okay so there you go number one you got an olympian rocking your shit boom number two that might attract a whole bunch of other people to be like, nah, we, we off Nike and Adidas. We're taking it back to skateboarding. And then next thing you know, it's, you know, it's Minik Mahdi all over again. Yeah. Or even someone like a, like a Yalte or one of those Australian guys, like that Ben Laurie guy who's incredible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause then, like you said, domino effect, people want to be on the same team as their friends. You know what I mean? So, right. Mm-hmm. Also South 23s with black socks are hard as fuck. No matter what colorway, man, I, they just need to re-release those shoes. They were so good. I still have some for you. You never hit me up. Oh, <laughs> I'm hitting you up now. I'm here now. I got, I got, the, I did, yeah, I got the reissues, like the white, like the all black and the white with the black sole. Like, yeah, look it. They didn't work out for me. Well, Damn. now I know what Patrick is going to be stoked on. Oh, yeah. Uh, which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Jason, what are you stoked on this week? This week... Stoked on Venture Trucks. I think they just dropped their new line, like their summer line. It's on their Instagram. It's in their story. So check that out. Also stoked on a little part from Brian Reed that came out. It was on Quarter Snacks for 
Grand Collection, the clothing company. He's one of those Boston Ledge dudes that are fucking ripping, just like kind of like the U.S. version of Euro Ledge Ninjas. So that part's pretty sick. It's all, all filmed in New York. It's pretty hyped on that. Also, as the video game liaison for this podcast, I will be remiss in my duties not to mention and be stoked on Call of Duty Season 4 with Cold War and Warzone. Video game season, what that means is they basically drop like a new map to play on or a bunch of new maps, new guns, blah, blah, blah. There's actually a nail gun this season, which as a fan of The Wire, I'm pretty stoked on. I know, yes, I know, I know in the wire they didn't actually shoot anybody with the nail gun. They just used them to seal up the abandoned buildings in which they stored the people that they killed. But yeah, it's still, you know, it's a nail gun. So pretty stoked, pretty stoked on that. Patrick, what are you stoked on? Oh, I'm stoked on a lot. I'm stoked on so much. Yo, shout out to, uh, shout out to Snoop from the wire. Yes. (laughs) You keep the chain, shorty. (laughs) I can't do their voice. That's for your trouble. (laughs) <laughs> and the guy's like, this is $800. True <laughs> troll. <laughs> um, uh, first of all, I'm stoked on, um, okay, it's not expanded voting rights and it's not expanded protections for homeowners or for black farmers, but I am stoked on Juneteenth. Shout out to all my fellow civil servants who, surprise, got a three-day weekend, uh, go out there, read about Juneteenth, and also attend a barbecue. Like, oh, like, you know, if you drink Hennessy, drink some Hennessy. Eat some wings and enjoy yourself. We've got a new federal holiday, so that's going to be Memorial Day, Juneteenth, 4th of July. Uh, June going to get crazy going forward. Um, I went to New York last week, uh, first time back home in over a year and a half. Um, surprised my dad at his retirement party. It was super, super awesome. Got to skate with a couple cats from Skate Twitter. Uh, shout out to Mike. Shout out to Giacomundo. Got to see a bunch of old friends. It was really nice. It was way too short. OD humid. But the Spitfire wheels held me down. Set up a board with some much, much larger wheels because the roads are thrashed. Oh, my God. A lot, a lot of streets need paving. Um, I'm sad that Scotland lost its opening European Cup match. But I'm hyped that France beat Germany earlier this week. Um, I'm also high-key scared of Italy. Um, and I've been listening to a song called 32-Bit Chip by Prince Jenny. It's so, so, so good. Um, Templeton, what are you stoked on? Uh, I'm stoked on friend of the show, Kevin Wilkins. Uh, you know, we talked about him a lot uh, over the past couple of months. Uh, he's completed his radiation and things are looking good with nice. his cancer. So that's like, um, yeah, I'm so fucking hyped on that. You guys, listeners... You guys donated $636 to his GoFundMe, uh, and I sent you guys stickers, so that's, like, super appreciated. Stoked on basically that whole deal, and stoked that, you know, Kevin's got a positive outcome, it looks like. And also stoked on uh, my 15-year wedding anniversary, which is tomorrow, June 18th. Yay! Uh, Congratulations! Thank you. Yo, what's what's the secret, my G? (laughs) Um, Just, um... You want to see your partner happy. You know, she wants me to be happy. I want her to be happy. We, we work to make that happen. Nice. Nice. Well, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Patrick, where can the people find you? Y'all can find me on Twitter at Colonel K Speaks and on Instagram and Clubhouse at Pete Kigongo. We really need to get uh, a big chat on Clubhouse, but uh, unfortunately the streets are calling all of our names. Uh, Jason, where can the people find you on the internet? 
on the internet. You can find me at Carbonite1994 on the Twitter, on Instagram, at Frozen Carbonite in Call of Duty. My Activision ID is Carbonite10101, number sign 5160632. So hit me up on there. I'll play with anybody pretty much. And yeah, writing stuff for Quarter Stacks. Working on stuff right now. Working on stuff for some time. I, I, can, can you give us a hint? Can you give us a hint? Song of the Summer, video part of the summer or whatever. Isn't that what it's called, Jason? Yeah, that series. Yeah, that's uh, might come back this year. Okay, okay. Right. I'll, I'll, I, I will be waiting. Tubbs, where can the people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at MostlySkate and on Instagram at MostlySkateboarding. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Peace out. <laughs>